When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Fritz Frivolous with continuous live coverage of the corner of Curious Lane and Just Because Boulevard, the epicenter of the alien invasion. And this just in, King Kong is fighting the mobile suit Gundam. And of course, all of this is happening amidst World War IV, making it pure pandemonium. If only Captain Planet were still alive to save us all. Dude, could you imagine... The Roman Empire, lasting for over 1,000 years and spanning over 1.9 million square miles. Its estimated inhabitants was between 50 to 90 million people, which was about 20% of the world's population at that time. The Roman Empire was one of the largest empires in history. However, this isn't a history lesson. I'm not here to tell you the names of all the Caesars and emperors and have you memorize dates and locations. The exact time for the fall of the Roman Empire is still debated to this day. But what if the Roman Empire never fell? What if the Roman Empire was able to continue to grow and become stronger and larger? How would this affect the world we know today? Let us gain an audience with our two co-emperors, Will and Tom, as they try to brace themselves before the fall. Welcome back, everybody. This is Tom Case. This is Will Stark. Will, I have a question for you that I know you're going to like. Okay, let's see. <laughs> Watch, I'm like, fuck! I know. Flip a table. I hate this I question. quit this podcast! <laughs> Thomas, you are the devil! <laughs> no, um, I know you'll like this because you talk about it a lot, and I do know it's one of your favorite subjects. Mm-hmm. And that question is, what if the Roman Empire never fell? Mm. <laughs> now let's let us establish parameters here yes please actually yeah give me the parameters because that can mean a lot of things yeah exactly and just you know i and, know that you know a lot about this subject i do not know a lot about this subject so mm-hmm. um you know i do I, I would appreciate you filling in anything or if you hear me say something that you're like oh you know what i don't think that's necessarily true just go ahead and, you mm-hmm. know let us know that being said i'm not very brushed up on this subject right now but, yeah, but I'm sure I'll recall but I, things that'll be pertinent to the conversation. Yeah. But yeah, get, go ahead and give me your premise. You do like the subject, correct? Oh though? yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah okay. I love Roman history. Um, I would say this really depends on what you mean by that because the Roman Empire, I'm not even including the Republic in this conversation, has like quite a few different phases, and like Roman Empire during the 300s is very different from the Roman Empire in, like, say, the the 100s or the 200s. To the point where, like, it almost completely crashed and burned. And if it wasn't for two emperors, Aurelian and then Diocletian, um, gosh, I can't remember what ethnicity they were, too, because they were very specific um, from a very specific part of the empire. Um, but if they hadn't come come in and then completely changed the system, yeah, Roman Empire would have fallen like two or three hundred years earlier than it did. But because of the changes that happened, that's an era of the Roman Empire, the Western Empire, that probably gets talked about the least. And it's the last bit of Roman Empire that we had before it did fall. See, that's funny. That see, I I knew nothing of that obviously, yeah. but I I did find it interesting how you said that. You know, there were two emperors and you were like mm-hmm. you know their uh their race or their ethnicity like this specific part that they came from from this empire mm-hmm. shows just how big the empire probably was because oh, it's gigantic yeah because not only what i i didn't think about that where mm-hmm. it might be so gigantic it would encompass people of different races mm-hmm. right but i also thought that they would not allow 
You know what I mean? Like mm. someone from another, like even though they're a part of that right. Roman Empire, they would. You know, I'm, I thought they were going to. If like, I remember, you have to have this lineage or something like that. If I remember correctly, the emperor stopped being Italian after the mm. Flavian dynasty, which would have been the dynasty. The right Flava after, Flavian dynasty. <laughs> the Flava Flavian, no, which would have been the dynasty right after the uh, Julio uh, Claudian dynasty, which is like the first oh, one. Okay. Um, for instance, I believe uh, the the era of the good emperors, which is Trajan the Hadrian to Antoninus to Marcus Aurelius, uh, I think they were all Spaniards. Oh, really? Like, I'm pretty sure all four of them were Spaniards, but at least two or three of them were. So, like, yeah. And then after that, uh, it's a mess. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's crazy. But. See, everyone, I told you Will Smart. <laughs> <laughs> like, I knew I nothing know, of that. I know some yeah. things. Let me see but, your parameters. Okay, I'm yeah. very here's, curious here's the what parameters. you laid down. So, the Rome. Okay, so here's the parameters of if the Roman Empire never fell. What okay. I mean by that is mm-hmm. the Roman Empire exists just like it did in our history, mm-hmm. except during the era of, I guess, what people would consider its fall. Because when mm-hmm. I was trying to do some research on it, mm-hmm. a lot of them used the word like, it, like it was dissolved or it, it, there was like a, you know what I mean? Like there oh, wasn't I mean, a it clear. Be, it, like, there is no clear cut line. Like yeah. there's a lot of arguments over when the Western Empire fell. That's, but honestly, yeah. by the time you could say it fell, it was so it was so, so completely diff- different, different that from, you couldn't yeah, call it, it that. It, That's it what falling completely apart. Yeah. So this is um, why I I wrote this parameter thing like is this. Like oh, the Eastern ahead. Empire super endured and was very much still a Roman Empire and referred to themselves as such, and it lasted another thousand years, even though it was um, much more well greco based because of the area that it existed in so like some people would argue the roman empire didn't fall until the turks burst down uh what what uh what was istanbul's walls uh before it was Constantinople. Constantinople. yeah when when the <laughs> yes i had to think of the song in when my head when the cannons bursted down constantinople's <laughs> uh-huh. walls by the turks like uh, which i think happened in the late 1700s early 1800s so oh, some okay. would say that's when the roman empire fell i disagree but anyways i digress go ahead I'm going to agree with you, Will, on that point. No. So this is the reason why I wrote the parameters like this is because I said, the, so the Roman Empire exists just like it did in our history, okay. except the empire never falls as if the reasons behind the fall are rectified. So if you were to were to place the blame, yeah, and, and I, I can see this probably going across the board. I just wrote down examples of like, if you, if some people were to say it was... The last four or five Caesars or whatever emperors that caused the downfall mm, or mm. it was a war that caused it or mm. it was their falling economy that causes mm. whatever those points are. Let's just say those got rectified and that's why it didn't fall. How, okay. And then the objective I just want to see is how, how do you think it would make the world different today? Like how would it change how we live our lives today? Right. Yeah. Okay. So to answer this question, to answer this question, from my own perspective, um, there is a specific emperor that kind of makes this complicated. His name is Diocletian. Mm-hmm. Um, Diocletian did a lot of things and changed a lot of policies, which directly, in my opinion, directly are responsible and result in what ends up being the Dark Ages later. Like, without Diocletian, I don't think we get a feudal medieval society with uh, with with serfs and peasants working the land oh, before okay. Diocletian, I, that wasn't how things were. And Diocletian basically he made changes to the Roman economy, which saved Rome at the time in in a very big bad way, um, but set the set us directly on the path towards feudalism. That being said, if we want to rewind the clock to a point where I'm confident in saying like this is where Rome started to quote unquote fall. Yeah. Then we, for me, my personal opinion, again, this, so many people are going to have so many opinions about this, mm-hmm. but for me, it has to be when Marcus Aurelius allows his son Commodus to inherit the throne. Okay. Because Marcus Aurelius was, he's my favorite Roman emperor. He was a philosopher king, a genius. Um, a heartfelt man. He was, but you're saying his son was not his, his son. son fell far from the absolute tree? disaster. Wow. And a lot of people get mad at Marcus Aurelius for allowing his son to inherit, and they try and point out the fact that so that era of the good Roman emperors, starting with Trajan, is each of those individuals uh, didn't um, 
pass on their throne to their sons. They passed on their throne to a person that they chose. Oh, okay. But the reason is because none of them had kids. Or at oh, least none of them had sons. But if they did, you think they would have done yeah, that? Yeah, because oh. that was standard. It just That's... so happens that Marcus Aurelius was the first one yeah. and the last one to so have a So it was a like son. a Game of Thrones problem where, where everyone, yes. they, they were tired of like, Commodus you can't just use very much family. like Joffrey. Oh, very wow, much like really? Joffrey, which is crazy. Like, and again, I used to like think like Marcus Aurelius was so great at being an emperor and a listener and, you know, I mean, he's not perfect. He did a lot of not great things too. I'm not saying that, but there's so much about that man that inspires me as a human being to become a better person myself that I couldn't help but wonder, like, how did his son end up the way he did? And he must not have been there as a father. But from now, from all I've read about the man, he did try everything he could to have Commodus follow in his, his footsteps and see the world in his, like, ethical stoic philosophy kind of way and Commodus was just the polar opposite of him wow anyways long story short Commodus is a disaster he almost ruins the whole empire in 12 years to the point where his own people kill him over yeah. him and I don't even remember who comes in after Commodus but it doesn't matter because at, at that point um we 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 go into this big descent of Roman emperors like Coming up and being killed and coming up and being killed oh, and really? just descent and, and chaos everywhere. So you can't everywhere. even say each one was worse than the next because they, it they was didn't just, even get it a was chance It was all over the place. Like, and quite frankly, yeah. like, I can't even remember. There were so many emperors there. But, so this this does bring two questions to mind. Yeah. And I'm probably going to ask you a lot of questions right. because I'm not an – you know, I, I don't uh, research a lot of stuff about the Roman Empire. I, it's not something that – you know, like an era of history that that I usually look into, and mm-hmm. I don't know of, of our listeners if they are into this or not. I'm so, sure there might be someone who's like, he's wrong this yeah. way, this way, and I totally could be. Yeah. This is just from well, what I've read and what I understand. Yeah, this is these are my opinions that I've formed so far. Well, what I'm hoping for is that there's a lot of other <laughs> listeners who are like me, who are like, yeah. Caesar who and emperor what and you know what I mean when was this if and, you have a question you know, I'll try so, to give you like a, a brief little biography yeah. well but. so the first question actually the first thing I wanted to say is not a question the first uh-huh. thing was man if someone could explain to me the Roman Empire with Game of Thrones references <laughs> I would I would probably learn all about Roman Empire the Roman Empire yeah you know what I, mean? I mean I think it could be done um, I'd have to sit and think about it myself but I'm yeah. sure it could be done like you someone would do it much more clever you than comparing than him to Joffrey King Joffrey, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Made me go like, oh, I get exactly okay. what you mean. Like, I say Com- someone- Commodus was a lot of Joffrey with one exception. Commodus mm. was not a coward. And he was mm. a badass gladiator. Like, Joffrey dude, was a coward. The dude yeah. could throw down. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen the movie Gladiator, which is super yes. not historically correct? Oh, I know, yeah, but um, I have seen it. It's That's Marcus Aurelius and the guy who takes over is Commodus. And, you know, oh, course, okay, okay. Um, Maximus uh, Decimus Meridius kills him in combat and all that. And that doesn't happen in real life. But, uh... But one of the things in that movie is he's a fan of the gladiators. And you see Commodus train with soldiers. Yeah. And Commodus really did do that in real life. And he was apparently, from what everyone wrote about him, a pretty damn good fighter. Oh, really? Yeah, which is super not like his dad, who was a philosopher. When when but, we get to the Fritz facts, I, I have an interesting fact I found about gladiators. Uh, oh, okay. Little, yeah, but, I'd like to hear it. But so, but and another thing, though, is like despite the era of the good emperors being that, or the great emperors, I think it's actually called, um, there was a lot of turmoil in that period. And it was because these dudes were so good at what they were doing. Like they kept the empire strong and together. But Marcus Aurelius had to deal with probably the worst era when it came to famine and plague. Oh, um, sorry, he he died deal. of the, uh, I forgot what the name of the plague was. It might have been the Antonitis plague. I, they might have called it that actually. Hmm. Don't remember why. Antonitis was the emperor before Aurelius. Maybe but, um, it started during his reign. It, that that, that might have been it. I don't remember. But, but either way, that's, I, that's why I think Marcus Aurelius is the, the second great, point the point. second greatest emperor. Oh, okay. Um, because I think he, he could have been greater than Augustus, but he was kind of put in a bad time. But that's not your question. You, but I, yeah, this is, this is the cutoff for me where things start to descend. And where is this cutoff in, 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 in of like, like, I, are we like what five emperors back now? Are we like, you know, before the, this, this end Oh, times? before the end period? Yeah. Like, where is this cutoff? If you could like describe it. I'm trying that. to, I think. Marcus Aurelius's rule, I want to say, was in the 200 BCs. I think the the Western Empire dies its last gas. I think in like 495 or something. Oh, okay. Like so he's quite a he's quite far. Yeah, but far there far. was like a hundred year gap between Commodus and I think they're the Illyrian kings or the Illyrian emperors, which is Aurelian and Diocletian and. Mm-hmm. 
I forget who comes after Diocletian. Um, there's like this hundred year gap of constant war and turmoil where the emperor almost, the empire almost completely collapses. Oh, really? Yeah. Dang. And it's barely saved by these, I, I want to say Illyrian dudes, but I, that might not be the right ethnicity. So, um, okay. So if, if you, so let's say that, that point in their, in the Roman empire history. We cut right? off of Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. And, and, and the so, mistakes made from his son there off right. don't happen. So in my, in my world where yeah. Rome doesn't fall, Marcus Aurelius, decides he his son needs to be murdered, which he would never do because he was super ethical. But oh, maybe man, that's so bad. But yeah, but yeah. Commodus is a fucking insane person. He needs to die. So yeah. or we'll just say Commodus gets the plague and dies. And now Marcus Aurelius has to do what the four men before him had to do, and that's find an appropriate heir who can do the job as best as possible. And I think if he had done that, he was such a wise and intelligent and uh, he took his responsibility, even though he hated his responsibilities. Like, mm-hmm. he, he wrote a lot about this. Like, it was such a burden on him to be the emperor. He took it so seriously that he, he dutifully did everything he possibly could to the best of his ability. Uh, he would have done that too. And I bet you he probably would have found someone fantastic for the job. Man, you know what? I didn't even think about that. Like, being an emperor. I wonder if there's, I wonder if it even is comparable. Like, let's say being the president of the United States, the pressure and the, 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 you know, I think it's pretty comparable. If anything, it's probably more stressful than being the president. Yeah. Because I think you have a more chance of like, more chance of dying. Like, yeah. People assassinating you. Yeah. There's that. But I, I just meant like when, when it comes to the blame, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. even the strongest president can only take so much of the blame because we have, you know, the the Senate and and, yeah, yeah, all that other stuff. But like when it came to the empire, like it all, it all goes to the top. Yeah. That is true. But, um, so let's say, let's say that happens and Mm -hmm. somehow the era of good emperors gets, um, uh, expanded. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously I can't predict. Well, I can't predict anything, but you can't really predict what's going to happen because now we've changed things so drastically. Yeah, that is it could true. go in a billion different directions. Yeah. But what I can tell you is certain things probably wouldn't have happened. So um, we don't get Diocletian. So we don't get a feudal system installed. Um, we probably never get to that point where the the quality of the Roman coin like dissolves so poorly that Diocletian had to do the big economic reforms that he did. Oh, so okay. none of that probably ever happens. Um, and... We probably don't get the same level of Christian persecution that we got during the transition from Diocletian to, uh, I can't remember who picks it up after him. And then we probably don't get the huge resurgence of like a Christian movement, movement and Constantine making Christianity the, um, the religion of the empire, which leads to, we probably don't get the Catholic church. So, we're talking about uh, an entire world history line where f- medieval feudalism doesn't happen. Yeah. The Catholic Church doesn't happen. And as a result, probably a lot of the other, like, like Judaism still exists, but I wouldn't be surprised if Islam doesn't happen because Christianity wasn't there either because oh, it branched off be, from yeah, there. I didn't, I didn't really yeah. thought about that. Um, and if there's no, if, if it doesn't collapse, then we don't get the dark ages in which like, we lost a massive amount of knowledge and technology. Like, just oh, a huge amount. Can you imagine, like, growing up and I don't know, like, Dark Ages, Spain or Italy, and you see these grand structures that you know we can't make anymore, but we mm-hmm. did at some point? Like, that must be mind-blowing. Yeah, that would have been but, like, weird. So we don't, we don't lose that technology. Um, there's no need for a renaissance later. The Industrial Revolution probably happened sooner. That being said, there was no way... That that amount of landmass with that many cultures, um, with technology at the level it was, was going to stay together. Oh, really? So what, I mean, eventually, it was going to break apart. Like so, you so even if so even if technically the Roman Empire like didn't fall the way it did, mm-hmm. you still think at some point there's no way it can ever stay together up to our present day. I mean, today. I don't. I won't say no way. I just well, yeah, think, but I, I mean, just like, think it's think highly unlikely. highly unlikely. The Byzantine yeah. Empire, which was basically the Roman Empire, it fell eventually too. Yeah, that's like true. it's just times change. Um, organizations become corrupt. They lose power. Things wax and wane. And like when you have that many cultures and, and diversities that want different things that need different things. Um, and the technology level is at such a point where, you know, 
what when when it was all one empire, mm-hmm. like Spain and Greece are so far from each other. They have yeah. super different needs, super different resources, completely different cultures, and and so like, what the fuck does Greece care about what's going on in Spain at this time period? You know what I mean? If Spain gets invaded by, I don't know the the Germanic tribes or something, you know what yeah. I mean? Like Rome kept it together by some sort of miracle, but I just don't see it lasting. I don't see it lasting past, uh, I don't know the. 12th century oh really if if by some miracle even got there but i mean i think let's say if if it did what because like in my imaginations it's just based off information that you gave me i feel like let's say it did last till present day you and i are right now living in the roman empire right (laughs) the only one thing i can really foresee that i think would be better than it is today is like infrastructure i feel like like infrastructure as in like you know um travel mm-hmm. roads not just roads but like even travel in in like i kind of feel like well i mean the infra- infrastructure that they laid down was then was still built upon later yeah exactly like, yeah but it, i mean i feel those like those roads are were still there are some many of them are still there yeah exactly but that's um, what i'm saying though i feel like i feel like they would have had the time because mm-hmm. you know when certain things are lost and other people build new things and, and different yeah, things I so you. i kind of feel like it would have been so from the same type of, you know, era and everything, it would have mm-hmm. been just done, but in like a better way, like mm-hmm. all the way through, I kind of feel like that's the only thing I can see in this day. That would be like, Oh wow. Look at this. this it would so be good. interesting to see like what would happen to many of the, like the, the very unique cultures if they were kept within the same nation for that long amount of time. Yeah. You know, like we, we wouldn't have France the way we have France today because France wasn't, even a thing until way after the Roman Empire collapsed. Mm-hmm. You know, Germany wasn't even a fucking full country until I want to say the 1700s was when Germany became a thing. Yeah, you know, it's you know yeah. that, that brings up something something interesting too. What do you think if it could have lasted up until yeah. like our pre, our modern day times? Mm-hmm. Do you think certain you know tragedies, world tragedies that happened would still have happened? Like let's say you know Hitler trying to. I mean, probably take- not. Like we don't get World War One if the entire uh, state of the Mediterranean Europe yeah, is one nation. Like, yeah. We might have civil wars, but it probably wouldn't turn into any type of these world wars. Yeah. Also, like, if it lasted that long, and like, we wouldn't have got a British Empire. Um, there would have been Napoleonic Wars. Um, who knows what the... If the Roman Empire had lasted long enough to start sending expeditions over to the New World, like who knows how that would have gone? Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of things would happen the same, especially with the the transference of diseases from Europe to to the Americas, um, and causing what I think some people call the Great Death. Like it caused so much death, the amount of diseases the Native Americans got oh, from, yeah, that's from the true. Europeans. Yeah. Um, um, would we still be? We'd probably be speaking some like weird version of like modern Latin. Oh, yeah. that's true. Yeah. We somewhat argue we already are, but, yeah. but yeah. So, I mean, it just, it, this butterfly effect just gets so big. Yeah. It just becomes utterly unpredictable. <laughs> Welcome back. This is Tomaeus and, and Willicus for, a... <laughs> no, that's so let, let's, let's go to some of the first facts. I okay. Have. Um, the thing you mentioned about the gladiators. Mm-hmm. So gladiator sweat was sold at the Colosseum, at the Coliseum after a ruthless battle. Uh, there was a long curved piece of metal called a, Strigil, mm-hmm. I think, True. and it squeegeed sweat off of the gladiator's body. They bottled it and then sold it to a fan in the audience. And usually it was used as like an aphrodisiac, you know, like you, you put it, like a guy would put it on thinking that this scent of, you know, it's fucking this, disgusting. Yeah, right. Yeah. I know it's disgusting, but like, I guess they would think this sweat yeah. of this powerful gladiator man would attract a woman. Right? right. But if it wasn't used for that, they did try to use it for medicinal pers- purposes. Of course they did. That they thought helped certain ailments like epilepsy. Why gladiator sweat? I don't know. I think it's just because they thought, you know, the gladiator, he was like a pinnacle. He, they were like the rock stars, you know what I mean, of like this time? Not really. Gladiators were like the lowest of the low. Like, well, but our, they were faint. Like, if, if, if you, you were, were a gladiator mm-hmm. or a musician or a poet or any of that stuff, the Roman culture looked down on you very harshly. You were barely above a beggar or a homeless person. Oh, really? Yes. I heard absolutely. that if you were doing well as a gladiator, like, like because a lot of people yes. saw you, like you were kind in of the like same a way. If a porn star is really successful, they are adored by millions, but also like 
they probably don't go around saying like, "Hey, I'm a porn star" to everyone they meet in life because there's a lot of baggage with that. <laughs> yeah, you think I'm joking? I'm yeah, not no, joking. Yeah, that's yeah. true. I can see that. Like, but I so, mean, yeah. you know, but that I think that could answer why they. Yeah. What I don't. Sure. What I would want to know is why they would thought it would cure. It would help with certain ailments like epilepsy. Because like, people are stupid. <laughs> yeah. That's why. <laughs> oh, epilepsy. Uh, because get they, some gladiators. Because fun. they lived in the 200. ADs, man. Like, there is no good medicine. Okay, I'm going to write you a prescription for two milligrams of gladiator sweat. <laughs> Make sure to apply it all over your body. Okay. Uh, number two, Emperor Caligula yes. wanted his horse, and I don't know if I'm saying this right, Incitatus? In, Incitatus? I think Incitatus? Caligula named his horse after a particular senator that he despised. Yeah, okay, that would make sense because yes. he said he wanted his horse as a council. They said that though they don't know if this how much of a rumor this is, only because this was written about him almost a full decade after his death. Mm-hmm. And there's debate as if he actually went through with this. Mm-hmm. However, it was written that he wanted this to happen because he felt an animal could do a better job than the Senate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that would make sense that him naming but- this horse after. Oh yeah, he almost definitely did that. Yeah. He did a lot of crazy stuff. He was only emperor for four years, but he was such a disaster. He was assassinated very quickly. Oh really? yeah. yeah. And the next one actually goes into saying Emperor Caligula may have been the strangest emperor, like yeah. doing oh, all with, the weird stuff, right? Doubt, yeah. They, however, they they say, well, at least where I got this from, says Nero may have been the worst. He allegedly That's he allegedly That's murdered his wife, stepbrother, and own mother. His but they did say his first five years were su- extremely successful and he was considered a generous and benevolent emperor until economic instability rose and riots broke out. Then his popularity took a nosedive when he decided to spend time building expensive in- infrastructure instead of dealing with all the other problems sweeping over the citizens of the Roman Empire. I don't know if my memory's failing me here, but from what I remember about Nero was that his mother was a horrible, horrible human being. I think he was the one who was like really preoccupied with being an actor and a musician. And it was just like the greatest shame. Oh, and, really? Like, he wasn't a good emperor, but he was nowhere near as bad as Caligula. Oh, Caligula okay. was crazy. And I think Caligula had a thing too, where like at first, like his first six months, like he was really like about it and seemed like he was going to be good. Mm-hmm. And then he suffered a sickness of some sort. Like, he almost died. He had, like, a deep fever. And the doctors didn't think he was going to recover. But he did. But when he did, they said his whole personality was completely different. And he went fucking insane. They should have given him more gladiator sweat. Apparently. (laughs) They didn't give him enough. But Nero, I think, was quite bad. I don't remember specifics. But I do remember feeling like, oh, he wasn't as bad as they thought. But he was quite, quite terrible. Oh, really? Yeah. So, number four. Romans had built sewers to keep waste out of their cities. However, they were all public bathrooms. Mm-hmm. They were public places with benches that had open portholes where you would sit and do your business, right? Mm-hmm. Which I, I know it does sound gross, like where you're like, I mean, they wouldn't have anything separating you. You could see yeah. everyone. Yeah. They said, they said neighbors would usually have conversations while they're, mm-hmm. you know, taking their dump or pee yeah. or whatever. But this is the grossest part. Okay. They all shared, there was these sticks that had sponges attached to the end of them. And mm-hmm. I, you can imagine what they used for. Right. Mm-hmm. In case you can't imagine that, they to wipe their ass. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they shared these. They didn't sanitize the sponges. They had the sponges in like a like a pot pot or like a pottery thing, a mm-hmm. designated area. Mm-hmm. And when you were done, you would go and use that. Actually, it didn't even say everyone used one. It said if you felt like you needed to clean yourself, you would go grab it and use it, and then put it back after you're done. It's interesting. Um, it makes you wonder about how much about like our. Our tendency to stay away from things that we deem gross is like mm-hmm. natural in us, and how much is it is it learned behavior? Like, it's yeah, like, that's true too. It's like thinking about like antibacterial soap or soap mm-hmm. in general about like cleaning one's hands and how like I can't remember the name of the doctor. They used to laugh him out of the hospital because they laughed him out of a job because he kept saying that like it was the doctors not cleaning their hands that was spreading infection. Yeah, and. At the time, it was just so insulting to tell a doctor that he was dirty. When yeah, I mean, they would appear clean, but but, but they like were, they weren't. Yeah. They were they were not clean because they weren't cleaning their hands. Um, and now, like we view, like if you don't clean your hands after the bathroom, that's disgusting. Yeah, like, exactly. That's just such a part of our culture, and obviously that is a learned behavior. But mm-hmm. I mean, look what the Romans apparently were doing. How exactly. was that not naturally? It's just because that's the world. It was normal to them, right? Also, in- that is the first I've heard of it. So I don't know how true it is. Yeah, but also too, like the very public space too you know what i mean because like 
nowadays everyone it's all privacy, privacy, yeah, privacy. Yeah, the modesty. You know? the modesty yeah, the and but like it, yeah. now it's not. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean now it is, but I mean back then it was not. You know what I mean? Back yeah. then it was more like, well, everyone does this. Mm-hmm. I know you take poops. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I know right. you pee. Like Every, everybody poops. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but that like, makes me. I wonder how much the modesty thing is a result of the Christian takeover. That's of Europe, what I you know think. What I mean? Yeah. Like I don't know, but I mean that, that could be distinctly possible. Mm-hmm. So may have been one powerful person who maybe didn't have big enough penis as the next person didn't want anyone to know so they're like yeah, you are blasphemy if you if you use this bathroom in front of everyone well, it's else it's said that in the ancient world like large penises were were said to be like distasteful and barbaric oh so like i mean i don't know how true that is but that is what i've read I, that that's what was said yeah i think a lot of things like that change over time though too because like i, I know back yeah. in the day too like uh, you know nowadays a lot of you know, what's considered attractive for a woman is like someone who's like fit and slim or whatever. But like back in the day, they wanted someone that had more rounded bodies, you know, like larger women, because like to them, that was more of a sign of a fertility. You know, I, I mean, think sometimes. it was more of a sign of you got money or you got, yeah, because you're because not you're starving well to fucking too, death yeah. in the street. You know, I didn't write this one down, but I, I remember this. Uh, they were also talking about people uh, in the Roman Empire who brought out the the trend of wearing purple, like the wealthy. And it was, they were saying like how expensive purple could be because it, yeah. they were getting it from this, I think it was a mollusk or something. Yep. And it took like it was a incredible. thousand mollusks to get like yep. one ounce of this purple dye. Exactly, However, the, yeah. it would last a while. The dye was like really strong. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it said like it, it, at one point it was almost worth its weight in gold if you can get this purple dye. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's why only like, you know, royalty and like the well, wealthy were able I'm to even. Pretty like, sure no one was allowed to wear purple except for the emperor. It was well, yeah, the because royal it's in short color. supply too. Yeah, but if it wasn't, you probably. I mean, I don't think a commoner could afford that. Oh, I mean, no that's way. how I ended up getting associated <clears throat> oh, with yeah. with royalty. Was it was just so expensive that only the super wealthy could afford it, and then it turns into like no, only the emperor wears this as a symbol of. Uh, the emperor being the first citizen, the one above us all. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last first fact I have, I actually kind of, uh, I, I like this one because it, at least they were kind of going in the right direction. They had way more, you know, even nowadays too, with women mm-hmm. being treat, treated equal as men, I still think there's some issues that, that, that oh. need to get fixed so that yeah. everyone's on the same page. Yeah. But Roman women did have more rights and, um, and freedoms and statuses than other women living in the ancient world at their time. Yep. Like Roman women could own and sell property. Um, they were also allowed to come and go as they please with no chaperone. Mm-hmm. And they could actually be called, they could, they could become like official citizens. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike, let's say, Grecian women who were seen as like second class non citizens. Oh, yeah. The Greeks like, do not like I, women. Or right? not the Greeks, but, but like ancient, ancient Greece was yeah, not kind of women. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just, you know, Super I, when I heard that, I at least was like, you know what? That was kind of cool that they at least, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to like praise them that much because they did still treat women, you know, less I than mean, men. In, in relative to their times, I, there's something to be said about that. That probably mm-hmm. has to do with the roots that the Romans had when it came to um, democracy, which then became a republic and the idea of like Roman exceptionalism. And so like there was a certain pride in your Roman women because they were Roman. Yeah, exactly. That, of course, kind of died off as the Roman Empire uh, developed. Um, And then, of course, we get the Dark Ages, feudalism, plus the rise of Christianity, and then there goes all women's rights. Yeah. But, um, yeah, if if the Empire endures, though, I don't know if most of the modern world ever becomes democratic at all. Because... It's because feudalism was so bad, and then we had the Renaissance, and then eventually the the Age of Enlightenment and philosophy, where people start reemerging with these ideas of republicanism and democracy and stuff, and then start overthrowing the monarchies. Um, I don't know if that ever happens if the empire stays strong. Like yeah. how how could it occur? Because by by the time we get to Marcus Aurelius, this, even way before that, the Senate is completely powerless and meaningless and. It, it it's just and it's not even a democracy it's just rich people it's just the aristocracy yeah. so. so basically you, you you're thinking it would just stall the inevitable of its fall the emperor the roman empire i i don't know that i'm just saying i don't know if the empire would ever be able to last yeah, beyond in into the modern age but if it did mm-hmm. i think 
democracy doesn't develop the way it did yeah. in the Western it world. Couldn't. It couldn't because that's what it wouldn't they were, have been ever that's allowed how they were running to. it. Out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but dude, could you imagine? Breaking news: A new study suggests leaving an iTunes review is very important for newly created podcasts. So to nurture your new favorite podcast, make sure to leave an iTunes review. This has been Fritz Frivolous reminding you to like, comment, and subscribe. Will and Tom, back to you. In a nearby alleyway, a young feral feline rummages through the trash in search for its next meal. A human who happens to be walking by hears the cat's cries of hunger and decides to investigate. The cat, now alerted to the human's presence, finds itself feeling threatened and begins to become vocal with stern meowing and hissing. You want to come home with me? The human, not understanding the warnings that are being given, reaches in to pick up the cat. The cat strikes fast and furiously scratching the human, and makes for a hasty escape. Perhaps if the human could better communicate with the cat, this painful and humiliating interaction could have been avoided. And we're back. Indeed. So, Will, I wanted to ask you this question, but I do also want to give credit to someone who had emailed us, and he uh, he had the same question. I already had this in my list of questions to ask you yeah but you know i told him great minds think alike because he he also thought of it too and that question is well wait who was the person oh yes yes (laughs) thank you very much no problem Um, i wanted to say thank you to caleb thank you caleb caleb wrote into us and he uh had a question uh, that he he wanted to present and i thought it was really good because it was already one that i had on my list and and uh i really think that this is going to be a fun one all right what do we got man what if you could communicate with animals. Oh, that's interesting. So, the Give me par- the parameters. Yeah. The parameters on this one is only you can communicate with animals. I'm not saying like, what if you as in like everyone could communicate with animals. Yes. No. Okay. Only, only, only you can yes. communicate with animals. Absolutely. You and the animals both can mm-hmm. communicate on a human intelligent level. Wow. So, so it's full on telepathy. Yes, ex- exactly. Wow. And others around you will not be able to notice this mm-hmm. as it will be like communicating telepathically. Okay. What about where, where does intelligence come into play then? So it's it's not going to be okay because obviously some animals you know most may, animals most animals <laughs> well most animals compared to a human won't be as intelligent yes that's but what I mean. but I the reason I want to bring this because I want all animals to be at an equal level so that oh. you can talk to them it's not going to be where they're like you know food 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 or whatever okay. they're you know what I mean like yeah. they can they can speak to you using English words that you understand it's right. not going to be. Something where okay, you're my like, point oh, this... is like if I'm talking to a silkworm, what the fuck can mm. a silkworm ever say to me? So here's well let me let me finish off <laughs> okay, the whole thing. Sorry. So the and one... I'm not trying to pick on silkworms. I think <laughs> they're cool. It's just <laughs> what do you got what do you got against silkworm? <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, it'll be like you're con- you're communicating telepathically. The yes. want and needs of the animals may not change. However, you may be able to pers- persuade them of things. It all depends on the animal. Okay. So I'm not necessarily saying that all animals are going to be highly intelligent, but when they speak to you about whatever it is they may w- be looking for, wanting, or whatever, mm-hmm. they're going to talk to you in an, in an English human it's just, voice. This bugs me. Like, okay, so if, I'm, <laughs> if I see a snail, mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, buddy, what you up to? He's literally like, oh, looking for food. Yeah, if that that's makes what he's no doing. sense. I'm sorry, the snail is barely got one more intelligence than a rock. So, so then, okay, but then this is this is the reason why I put that in the parameters. So then, how would he communicate with you? Like, what would he say? I mean, I think, it, okay, personally, mm-hmm. I think the way this would have to work <laughs> in this magic world where yeah. I could talk to animals mm-hmm. is, um, kind of, well, think about like uh, like children. And babies, like once okay. once you get to a level of intelligence where they, they can no longer speak, all you get is emotions and emoting, and uh, you could maybe see by body language. Like, so I imagine this maybe with this telepathic link, I might be able to get like empathic waves, but not actual coherent thoughts. Okay, like, how am I going to get a thought at a creature that can't actually think? Well, okay, 
Maybe uh, I here's the see thing, that. like okay. a lot of animals don't actually have yeah. like what you would call conscious thoughts. Mm-hmm. So let's say though, okay, let's say those animals. That's how that would work. Okay, but because I'm saying with 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 other animals, you know, you can already kind of do that. That we we as humans already do do that. You know, with a lot of animals to a certain you know degree. I mean? We certain, we yeah. overly anthropomorphize animals all yeah. the time and, and and project onto them. Yeah, but so. but you could you could usually know when another type of let's say more intelligent animal yeah you know you would know kind of through body language or through what you kind of feel that the animals are like or what you oh, they're know. scared or yeah. angry or they're whatever you know what i mean yeah. that's why i'm saying like i would want to at least have it to where you can they can explain to you in a way you understand right okay. right um and the objective is i just want to know how you think this would change your life would you change your diet would that's i change I, my diet um yeah. or would you try to become an ambassador of animals to humans well, see, this depends. So, essentially, what you're trying to do is make it so, like, all animals are capable of this level of consciousness that most aren't. And thus, like, if they are, then they're very much capable of what you what you would call, like, long-term suffering. Mm-hmm. Or, like, they are traumatized by their experiences, which isn't the same as, like, experiencing pain. Like, a lot of animals experience pain. They just don't carry the thoughts of that pain with them later on. Like, yeah. they don't carry that experience with them, that suffering. Um, so I, yeah, I would think like my, my diet would very much have to change. Yeah. Like, I'm already ethically gray or like on, on the teetering edge ethically when it comes to eating meat, as much mm-hmm. as I do love eating it. Like I, I have my, my self justifications in my head that work well enough for me, but honestly, they're, it's not like the most well-grounded arguments yeah. there are. But yeah, once we roll into like, oh no, all animals are capable of this crazy amount of conscious thoughts and are capable of truly suffering, mm-hmm. um, then yeah, my, my diet shrinks exponentially to the ones sending me empathic waves at the most. So, yeah. Right. And that's if, but like, like I said too, yeah. like, you know, the wants and needs of the animals may or may not change. It doesn't yeah. mean necessarily, let's say you go to this cows and they're like, you know, what up? Or, or, or yeah. By the or, way, cows like, are one you... of those animals that probably do experience suffering. Yeah, but but yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, if they don't, you mm-hmm. know what I mean. Just because you can communicate with them, I don't want you to to think that that's what they may have in their head. They may, you know, I don't want them to be like, oh, please let me out of here. Like, I know that my brother went into that red building oh, over are they there. Literally saying it, that to you me? know, what I, mean? I don't know. Man, that's I feel what I'm saying. Like, you're like, almost, almost. The... I think if if it's on that level, yeah. If, the... Then next thing, in, I guess I'm dedicating my life mm-hmm. to like saving animals, <laughs> every, like and ending any type any of, type eating, of meat. eating meat. Yeah, like I I know. Yeah, I, that's like ethically, I, I'd be bound to. Yeah, and I'm not gonna ignore I, that. Yeah, I currently eat meat. I love eating steak. Right, mm-hmm. I love eating all kinds of meat. Yeah. However, I do. I am one of those people where. You know, I, I have friends who go hunting, mm-hmm. right? And they can hunt and they can go and they could shoot and kill an animal and they can mm-hmm. skin it. They can eat it and they can mm-hmm. cook it, whatever. I can't handle the hunting it. You know what I mean? I, I do feel so bad. However, mm. I don't really have qualms about eating it. You know what I mean? It's I, 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 I'm the opposite. Like I would have no problem hunting. Yeah. See that. Yeah. yeah see, I have other friends the same way, but I do. I would have a weird, a real problem hunting it. Unless I felt it was on very, like, a, a very... Okay, this is least... about to turn into a completely different conversation, because I can't, like, how... What is the difference between hunting it and the domestication and slaughter of an animal? Like, mm-hmm. The hunting bugs you. Why? No, well, and watching, like, even the the, the domestication and... and right. Uh, that can bother me too if I watch it. I just don't want to you, see. You don't want to watch the. Yeah, death. I, I don't want to see. That's that. interesting. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of people I, do feel that way. I mm-hmm. don't feel that way. I I just I have the philosophy of like if you don't have the stomach to fucking watch it die, you have no right to fucking eat it. That's see, just how. And I I don't mean that in a judgy way. I don't judge yeah. you for how you feel in any way, shape, or form. But that's judgy McJudgerton. That's <laughs> that's how I feel. Like mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm gonna have the audacity to eat something and feel like I'm in the right to do so. And I can't watch it die, then maybe I shouldn't be eating it. Yeah. But that's just my two cents. Yeah. See, I, well, I, I agree to a certain extent. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I, I, that's why I wouldn't go hunting. Right. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to, you know what I mean? But the, the animals I already get have already been killed. 
they weren't killed for me. They're killed just for anyone for mass right. consumption. Sure. So I'm going to eat it because I like it. I like the way it tastes. <laughs> it's the it's the honest to god truth. You okay. Know yeah. I mean? Sure. But, but like, I mean, there's me... that there's there's philosophical. Uh, what's the word when when something doesn't line up? Not a paradox, but a conflict. Not a conflict. A um. It'll come to me later. But like, so like a, another story was uh, that I had was like when I graduated high school, right? Me and my friends, we all want to, we all got a, a cabin in Tahoe. Fallacies. I think there's oh. some logical fallacies in, in there, man. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, but, uh, um, and it's not that I don't agree with people hunting. I, I totally agree with that. Like my, part of my family is Native American and everything. I, I grew up knowing that, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and like, and I, I do respect people who do hunt as long as they eat. And use what they kill. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, not absolutely. just not just let me put the trophy yeah. up on the wall and discard yeah. the rest. Unless uh, unless <clears throat> there's there's so there is hunting like of predators in order to better cultivate like the mm-hmm. um, the prey mm-hmm. in the area. Um, words are kind of failing me right now as we like eek over yeah. into the two thirty a.m. Yeah. Uh, part of the night. Um, that does happen where it's like you're you're culling the herd in order to promote growth. Yeah. So I, I support that as well. But go ahead. But, um, but anyway, so, so, uh, you know, like this, what happened was we went to go fishing, right? Mm-hmm. And, in and in this pond, it was an artificial pond. So first of all, the fish are there anyways, you know what I mean? So, so it's easy for you to catch the fish, yeah, right? Sure. We catch the fish and then you have to smack it in the head, right? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And I remember yeah, with the hammer, right? You just... No, actually what they gave oh, us yeah. were these like flimsy aluminum tubes oh. that were very light. So the, so when I picked one up, I was like, this is not going to do anything. You have to have weight to this if you want to bludgeon this animal. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Didn't work. It's like, ah! That's exactly what happened. And it just we, still not Yes, dead? and it was oh, like looking God. at us and we're like, smack, 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 right? I felt so bad. I felt so bad smacking this fish like 50 times in order to get it stunned enough or, or dead, right? You know? So I felt so bad that when I went back, oh, I made sure that even after I cooked it and it tasted like shit, I made sure to eat every single ounce of meat off that fish, yeah, right? Sure. Yeah. Because I felt like I killed this animal. I'm yeah. going to, you know, do yeah. that. And, uh, yeah, I remember somebody didn't finish theirs and I was like, what are you doing? And they're like, it tastes so gross. I'm not going to eat it. I was like, you took that fish out and smacked it in the face with this light aluminum tube for 50 times. I was like, you better eat that shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I didn't tell it to taste like shit. <laughs> yeah, I know, no, right? I'm kidding, yeah. I'm kidding. No, but, but um, you know, that it, it's just, I do know that there is some juxtaposition there yeah. with me not wanting to have to see that, but mm-hmm. I will definitely eat it. You know? So with, uh, I'm kind of veering back to your original yeah, question yeah. here. And with so many of the questions you asked me, uh, my answer, and you usually ask me, like, would you use this regularly? And my answer is always, like, mm. no. This is the first time where I'm like, yes, all you the would, time. Because yeah. I you already... Tell- Family and friends? Oh yeah, oh yeah, everybody. Oh, yeah, absolutely. okay. This is the first time I think you've ever said <laughs> yes, that I you know. would tell family and friends. Um, because my family were really big into uh, going out, experiencing nature, camping, hiking, all that oh, other right. stuff. I mean, as a kid, my daily pastime was to jump my backyard fence, go up into the hills by myself or with my two dogs, and I catch every single oh, type of animal fun. alive cool, yeah. in our local area. Tarantulas, centipedes, lizards, mm. snakes. Um, I, I nursed a few birds. Birds, it's not really easy to catch birds, and I wasn't really mm-hmm. looking to catch birds, but that was just what I did. I love animals. I love nature documentaries. I love nature in general. I just, I love that shit. Yeah. Ranger's my favorite class in D&D. Yeah, so, right on. Um, so I would very much be out there even more yeah. and getting <laughs> to know nature. I mean, I think it would completely change my life because even if, even if it wasn't like this weird, like all animals are sentient sufferers and I need to become vegan. I think mm-hmm. even if that's not the case, like I would just be so inclined towards nature even more so than I already am that I'd probably go and pursue like uh, some sort of zoologist or um, c- conservationist. Yeah, or some that's sort. exactly I, I, what I'm doing. My whole life change. I'm not sitting here in front of a microphone <clears throat> talking to you. Yeah, I'm talking to be. a fucking elk in Yellowstone or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I think this, see, that, yeah, that would be the only that would be the only yeah. thing that would suck is yeah. because like I, mean, no I already one else want can to hear. move. I already want. Sorry, I already want to move to a cabin in the woods on a mountain away yeah. from everybody. Now I definitely have already done that <laughs> yeah. at some point. Sorry, but what were you saying? I was gonna say. That, say I was gonna say. Well, we you you might have 
still be sitting in front of a microphone talking, uh-huh. but it would probably would be an animal podcast show. Yes. But but the animals, like you couldn't have animal guests because no. they they can't. The other people can't hear yeah. these you know tell back thoughts. But you know, I, I just to just to kind of go back, it is kind of it is hard. You're right. It is hard to say with this question, even though we're making it up. What these animals would be feeling, how much of a communication yeah. you'd be getting. What if we you know found I mean? out that I don't like what's a what's like what, a cute cuddly animal, like what that isn't like a dog or a cat. Like what's an animal that everyone loves? Otters. Otters. Like, yeah. What if we find out that otters across the board are assholes, like complete that's what, that's sadistical pieces yeah. of shit that like mm-hmm. like just hate. They're just full of hate. Mm-hmm. Like. I mean, I don't know how I'd feel if that was the truth. I know. They might be like, fuck you, get away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, Why are you talking to me? You know what I mean? Like, well, some animals are very solitary. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they, they don't like, they don't well, want to be around. And that's not, that's not what I mean. Like, yeah, but I'm, I'm just, just saying, saying like, like some what if all otters like were psychopaths? <laughs> yeah, I know, so, right? Like, you know. I mean, it, you know, I was going to bring up the fact too, like, because you're right, a lot of animals, if not all animals, are just very instinctual. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe a lot of what you'd be getting would be animals just going like, Oh, do you got food? I'm hungry. Like, mm-hmm. do you have food? I'm hungry. That's basically what all they would be saying. Or like, yeah, or can I mate true. with you? <laughs> like, do you want to oh, have God, babies? No. You know what I mean? But, um, but based off intelligence, I would think like the the most interesting animals to talk to would be um, a lot of the larger uh, mammals. Your mm-hmm. dolphins and whales, mm-hmm. elephants for sure. Um, I actually think a lot of birds, a lot of birds, uh, especially like the parrots and stuff like that, the mm-hmm. really really highly intelligent ones. Would probably be a, a blend of fascinating and incredibly annoying to talk to, because yeah, I, I, I I feel in my experience that birds are some of the most heartless animals on earth. They are cruel yeah. to and to. They're like they remind. And this is a D and D reference. You're not going to understand. They're like in D and D. There are these creatures called lizard folk, and mm-hmm. like they don't really feel emotions. They're incredibly pragmatic to a point of being like. Um, like a real lizard <laughs> like well yeah. i mean just to the point of like being completely um un empathetic oh, yeah. to anything or anyone i feel like a lot of birds are like that mm-hmm. um i've seen birds do terrible things to each other like oh yeah. yeah i forget the species of bird but i i know there's one who literally will sneak their own eggs into another uh, oh, yeah, bird's nest ones, and yeah. have and what they do is they kill the other birds' eggs so that it'll only raise its own yeah, babies. They do, they do. Oh, I've seen, I've seen ducks do terrible things to each other yeah. and geese do terrible things to each other. Like birds are vicious, man. See, that's that's the one thing. That's the one side I was going to bring up with yeah. this question is that you know I know a lot of people thought, oh, that would yeah. be so cool. I could talk to my dog and my yeah. cat and my Primate, whatever. Primates are vicious but, too, man. Yeah, I've seen, have you exactly. seen like uh, I think there might be baboons or or some offshoot of the baboon family that. Uh, have managed to, in Africa, that have managed to domesticate some small dogs, and they mm. beat the shit out of those dogs. They super abuse those yeah. dogs. But the problem is, um, because of the way we've bred dogs over the last, I don't know, 30,000 years, like, they are, dogs are incredibly loyal to a fault. Yeah, exactly. So these dogs stick with these baboons, even though they're being treated <clears throat> terribly. It's really sad. Yeah. <clears throat> um, let's, you know what, let's go over to some Fritz facts here. Okay. <clears throat> so, number one... Many researchers have been finding a lot more evidence that within the animal kingdom, many species can communicate with humans, but also with other species. Mm. Because many people focus on animals communicating with humans, like uh, Coco the gorilla. I don't know if you ever heard of. Yes, uh, sign language. Uh, yeah, uses sign language. Or Alex the African gray parrot uses up to at least 100 English words to communicate. Mm-hmm. But other species can communicate with, with each other as well. And it gives scientists a better understanding on what the definition of communication really means mm, for certain animals. Because yeah. it is true. It doesn't, you know. Well, they like have to interact right. with each other. So. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Because a lot of humans always, uh, uh, what, what was the word? Anthropomorphize. Yeah. And so, like, when you do that, you know, you're putting, you know, human emotions mm-hmm. or human, like. And it's hard not to do. <clears throat> oh, I mean, shit, I do it with inanimate objects half the time. Mm-hmm. So, like. Yeah. yeah, it's, it, yeah exactly. it's, it's very natural for us to do so. It's also very telling of how self-centered we are as a species. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I know. Um, Number two, recently a study was done in Norway, and the findings were published in the Journal of Applied Animal Behavior Science. And it proves that horses can be trained to communicate their body temperature to their handlers. And um, which shed new light on equine intelligence. What do you mean? Like, how so, are they doing this? I don't understand. What they did was they trained the horses to associate different signs on a board that would tell their handlers that they were feeling cold and wanted a blanket mm. or if they were feeling hot and needed, like, 
either like an air to be turned on or That's water or something okay. like that. Yeah. That's funny too. Cause horses are considered some of the stupidest of our domesticated animals. Yeah. That's why that's, I think that's when they had stuff like that happening now they're finally better, you know, we're better. You think, yeah. They think it's stupid. They think it's not like, Oh, they, they lack because intelligence. It doesn't react to the things. We exactly. Think it but yeah. it's not, you know what I mean? So yeah. Number three, um, a fascinating study from 2012 adapted one of the ways in which we scientifically test the intention of infants to dogs and found quite a lot of similarities. Scientists tend to use eye-tracking technology following the direction of babies' like gazes mm-hmm. uh, to see what they like looking at, like attractive faces or whatever. But in 2012 study, researchers applied that technology mm-hmm. to dogs and found that they can follow human communication about as well as six-month-old babies, yep. which can't speak but are gradually learning language. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. It's because we bred them to be exactly. like that. Exactly. That's 30,000 years mm-hmm. of forced evolution to work with in a symbiotic way, like no other two species on earth have ever managed to do. Like, yeah, you're going to get, you're going to get some crazy things between dogs and humans. That's actually what one of the conclusions they came with is they think that was something bred, probably not knowing that, but like, yeah. you know what I mean? But they uh, were bred, you know, to do that. Yep. Exactly. Um, Four, the concept of an electric fish such such as the electric eel is a well-known one. Mm-hmm. But some breeds of fish have a far less powerful voltage designed for communi- communication mm-hmm. instead of stunning or killing prey. Mm-hmm. They're called weakly electric fish. Weakly as a W-E-A-K-L-Y. Yeah, as in um, the, it is weak. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah not, not that they only come out once a week. Yeah, and it's the week. weekly. <laughs> it's the <laughs> weekly electric fish. Um, they produce mild electric uh, organ discharges from their bodies, which create small electric fields. Um, and the results give them advantages actually for hunting and communication because right. only certain animals can do that. And, e- and even if you couldn't do that, they said like with their electric field, they can detect things way quick, uh, more quickly mm-hmm. than like others, you know what I mean? That's just using maybe eyesight or smell mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, number five, one of the most, I thought this was actually really <clears throat> interesting. One of the most famous studies of animal communication in history dates to 1917 when Austrian zoologist Karl von Frisch made the discovery that would found his career and win him a Nobel Prize in 1973. Mm. The fact that bees communicate through dancing. No. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Frisch had set up an observation hive mm-hmm. with a source of honey nearby and found that when a bee discovered the honey... It returned to the hive and performed a dance while other bees touched its abdomen. Right. Mm, interesting. So I'm thinking, I'm picturing like this bee, like, boo, spoo, you know, and these like other bees are like, ooh, like touching his belly, right? <laughs> so they were then able to find their way to the honey source without needing to be shown after the bee did this dance. So when he was like observing this, Frisch concluded, that this dance was a way of showing other bees where the food was, and his later studies found that the direction and speed of the dance were precise diagrams or maps using the location of the sun. Okay, so he was able to <clears throat> decipher this dance. Yeah. Like, that's fucking wild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's wild that the bee could do this, like... Yeah. Based off of the location of the sun, like, yeah. at the time, like, you know what I mean? And for them to kind of know that and, like, find, you know? I, I'm like, curious to see, like, like uh, how he figured out, like, what meant what. That's yeah, that is, re- yeah. That but, is I mean, re- I believe it. Uh, mm-hmm. I do believe it. It's just, that's wild to me. Um, for me, I'd be very curious to, like, I'd really be curious to know what whales are telling each other over these long distances. You know, when they sing at each other for, like, fucking hours at a time. Yeah. You know, it's like, what are they saying? Like, what's being communicated? Mm -hmm. Because, like, you know, you and me are talking here and we're using all this complex, like, body language, eye eye movement, many, many different words and inflections and all this other stuff to to discuss these topics that we're discussing on this microphone. And it's so different from anything else we've seen in the animal kingdom. Yeah. You know, as far as we know. Yeah. and to me, the next closest thing would be what dolphins and whales do. And you got to imagine too. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like because they're when they communicate, those noises are heard over miles. They're yeah. not seeing this other whale. No, you know what not. I mean. Yeah. But like 
with humans, when we communicate, a lot of the communication is body language too. Mm-hmm. It's not just the words that we're using, yeah. or it's facial expression. You know, what yeah, I mean? yeah. So we have to see true. each other. I mean, we don't sure. have to, but it helps. But it helps tremendously yeah. when yeah. we see each other. That's why when some people read text messages, Things you know, what I mean? taken wrong. yeah, exactly. You could be like, you'd be like, okay, fine, and like someone would be like. Okay, fuck, fine. Yeah. yeah. But like, I wrote it as like, okay, fine. Right, you know what right, I mean? And yeah. like, you know, that's the Absolutely. problem. Absolutely. You know, I just wanted to bring this up with the honey dance or the bee dance. <laughs> um, actually, it went on to say that, uh, he was not the first to found to find that behavior. Aristotle recorded that. Yeah. Aristotle uh-huh. was quite the little naturalist. He, uh, he tried to form a, a way of classifying animals between land, air, and sea rather than like, you know, mammal and reptile and other stuff that hadn't been invented yet yeah but yeah he was super super into the the natural world and trying to figure it out yeah i thought that was cool i mean he didn't know why no but he did observe it yeah you know, i, I thought mean, that was he was, he wrote he it was down the first it, yeah. one that we know of to do that with animals most people didn't care about animals or feared animals the natural world for most of human history was mm-hmm. this great darkness to be feared and not never to be ventured out into yeah like like this idea that we have nowadays is modern idea of like conservation like mm. w- would just have been such a foreign idea to the people of the ancient world. Um, the fact that Aristotle was doing what he did was so beyond his time. Yeah. Even in a time of philosophy. Exactly. Yeah. So. so do you have a favorite animal? Will? I always wanted to know. <laughs> um, it depends on the day you ask. Growing oh, up really? as a kid, Cheetah was a hundred percent. I just loved everything about the cheetah, how fast it was, uh, the way it looked. You know, I just I, I loved everything about that. Um, and you know, I still love the cheetah. It's a yeah. it's a cool animal. Um, I love the bear. I like snow leopards. Yeah. I think snow leopards. Oh, yeah. I thought. Yeah, yeah I actually snow thought leopards. you were going to say snow. Yeah, leopard. snow leopards are a big one for me. I think they're they're majestic and gorgeous, mm-hmm. and they ride that line between being badass but also adorable yeah and that's you know I, I look for that in my pokemon i look for that in my animals so. <laughs> i love bears um, i love yeah, bears any, cool. any bears yeah. um i love them because i just like they're big they're strong but they're not mm. stupid you know what i mean like they no they, they're not they're they're, they're intelligent. fairly intelligent for like God, their size goddamn you know? terrifying is what they are yeah. um you know i like wolves i don't think i'd be mm. a proper stark if i didn't like wolves mm-hmm. um but i just like animals in general i i i've just i'm no longer the kid with favorites anymore. I just like all animals for yeah. the most part. So recap, you would use this power yep. all the time. All the time. You would tell your family and friends. Yep. And they would love the, they would love it because they would like be asking me questions all the time. I think also too, depending on the intelligent level of these animals and how much they're communicating with you, I think that would be a yes and that you would probably try to get into helping the government or whoever changed the ways that they oh, deal yeah. with. Oh yeah. I mean, I think yeah. it would define my life on such a drastic scale. Yeah. And I would be a completely different person in a completely different line of work. Dude, could you imagine? I have. And now, let's join Will and Tom with the traffic report. Hello, everyone. It's Will and Tom with the traffic report. Hey. (laughs) So, we actually had a good feedback. Um, I'm kind of digging all this uh, feedback we're getting after every episode. Uh, you know, I wanted to mention um, one of uh, one of the people on our Discord, Rob. Oh, I know Rob. Oh, you hey, know? Rob. Okay, cool. Rob actually I Rob's put, one of our mods. Oh, Rob is the mod, right? Oh, it does say Rob Chart Mod. <laughs> mm, there it is. Um, he wrote in uh, about uh, episode nine, which was um, Clone Appetit. And he said, while I'm only just finishing episode nine, this made me think of this documentary on Hulu. I feel like Tom would love it. And to be honest with you, I am going to love it. I already watched the trailer. It looks very interesting. It's called Three Identical Strangers. And basically, it was almost like the premise I set up for you in, in uh, episode nine um, um, regarding, clone, clone? Yeah, the, the, yeah, regarding the like, you find out that you are not, you know, the only you're will not the out only there. One of you, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so I what, what is it? Is clones or want to give the premise? Well, the premise of this trailer was um, <clears throat> it's basically three identical twins, mm-hmm. triplets, and I, they, of course, the trailer doesn't like reveal all about the story yet. I haven't watched it yet, but uh, you know, they the trailer goes off showing how. Um, this person goes off to college mm-hmm. and people, I can't remember the name, but, but let's just call it Eddie or something, right? 
let's call it Rob, right? Okay. And uh, they're all calling this person, hey, Rob, how's it going? Oh, Rob, what's up? And and the person's like, why is everyone calling me Rob? That's not my name. My name's Bob. What the <laughs> yeah, fuck? Yeah, I know. That would have been funny, right? <laughs> and so he finds out <clears throat> later that he meets this other Rob, and it's his identical twin, right? Okay. So... You know, that's kind of shocking. And then sure. all of a well, sudden... you do hear stories like that. Yeah, exactly. But and that then, was Sister Sisters based off of? Is it? Oh, yeah. I think they did. Yeah. yeah, they didn't know they were out there. So then, after he meets his twin, that story gets put in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. And someone reading the newspaper calls them or, or somehow contacts them and says, Hey, I think I'm your triplet. <laughs> So how many more of us are there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so like is it, that where it stops? It stops at triplet. The, yeah, it stops oh, at triplet, okay. and uh, it it doesn't exactly say why or what happened to them at birth, why they got separated. But oh, okay, um, it does say that weird. there's some twist. Yeah, it does seem weird, and it does say that there's some twists and turns in in the story there. Interesting. So if any of you are interested in watching that, you can just go to YouTube, and you could probably look up three identical strangers trailer, and uh, it looks very interesting. So thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. So we also have on our YouTube here, we have Darnell Hudson. And they wrote in, I want a super brain and telekinesis. And I think they were, uh, they're actually commenting on episode 10, A Murderous Mutation. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. The two powers. Exactly. Two powers again, what did you just say? Super brain and telekinesis. Super brain, so a super high IQ? Oh, yeah. How high IQ are we talking here? They didn't put, like, but I'm, if super sounds like pretty high. I mean, you know yeah, I mean? but I mean, we have people, what, what's that organization called? Uh, oh, Mensa? Mensa? Yeah. Like, what are all the Mensa uh, members out there doing in real life? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, they could... Is having a super high IQ that much of a power? You know what? If you think about it, how do we know what Mensa is really up to? They can actually be some super villain group. You <laughs> how know do we what I mean? know like... what Mensa even actually stands for? <laughs> yeah, I know. They could have just told us that it stands for whatever just yeah. because and we're laughed at our small brains. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, look at those stupid idiots believing it. You know. But That's thanks, hilarious. Darnell. That was a good comment. Um, Thank you, Darnell. Both me and William, I think we agree. Having a super brain and telekinesis would be awesome. Yeah, it would be super cool. I also wanted to mention this. <laughs> Because I just thought it was funny. This is this is from. It's also on our YouTube. Also for episode ten, Bryant von Miller writes in. Will's never seen Die Hard. Oh man, it's the best Christmas movie, man. And that's the joke everyone tells, isn't it? I know. <laughs> um, no, I've never seen it. But you know what? And here's uh, maybe a lot of people seem to find this odd about me. I very much don't care for action movies. <laughs> I just never have. So your Die Hards, your Fast and the Furiouses, all those movies just never appealed to me. I don't know why. <laughs> I just never have. Okay. And we are going to move on to our Apple podcast right here, our iTunes. Uh, we have two new reviews here, both five stars. Thank you very much. So two. I, who are we thinking here? So first is Varys Ellen. Thank you, Varys. And Varys writes... 100 out of 100, these guys made a fun, interesting, bite-sized podcast for you to let your thoughts wander to. Oh, thank you. I know. I thought that was really cool. We also have one from, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Osteric? Osteric? Thank you, Osteric. Uh, Osteric writes, we've all done it, but these guys are bringing it to you. I love the idea of this podcast. Tom and Will are great hosts. I got here via the Dungeon Cast, where I thoroughly enjoy the content, and although this is different, it's just as good. Oh, they, thank you. <laughs> they bring up some subjects that I've never really thought about, and the banter is often quite funny, so it makes for a great listen. Thanks, guys. You're very welcome, and thank you. Yes, thank you, Esther. That's, that's awesome to hear. And that is all we have for you tonight. We will continue to bring you up-to-date coverage as new imaginings develop. Please don't forget to leave an iTunes review, like, subscribe, and leave a comment. Remember you can follow us on YouTube and on Twitter at DCY Imagine. And if you would like to contact us or tell us what you are imagining, you can email us at dudecouldyouimagine at gmail.com. This has been Fritz Frivolous, and from all of us here at Dude Could You Imagine, keep on imagining. I'm gonna leave that in there. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so, name this one's this one's interesting. 